and we are back. Welcome everyone to Slutty Times. I am your host, Captain Monaboat, and I am here with Sister Ruthless Cunt and Sister Putana Parmigiana. And today we are talking about how to be poly. Now you know our current, our regular um, host, Bunny Vicious, is our current poly person on the mic when we are having this conversation, but we want to open it up to everybody else on what that means in your personal life or how you interpret the poly title, if you have it. So personally, I don't really identify with the term poly because I feel like it's a very specific term. Okay. Specifically, the desire to have multiple relationships. Okay. Um... I think if I had to pick a word, maybe non-monogamous is more accurate. Like, I'm open to multiple relationships, but I'm also to playing with multiple people that are not necessarily relationships. Like, there's many ways you can slice it. Okay. Um, but I know plenty of people that do embrace the term, and that's cool. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, I think there are people who are genuinely monogamous, not necessarily following toxic monogamy culture. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's my take on it. Okay. I'm, um, I guess I'm on the other side of that coin mm -hmm. just because, you know, I do, I guess, identify as polyamorous. I'm knowing myself, I'm very capable of entering meaningful relationships with multiple people at once. Mm -hmm. um, so that being said, that satisfies the definition of that. However, I'm also into caring about the sexual pleasure and genitals of others. So, I mean, <laughs> fondling them and whatnot. So it's like, yeah, like, my polyamory allows for a bit of sluttiness as well, and I think I'm all we just about said that. the same thing, but like our take on it was different. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we did actually. So yeah. we like slutting it up, and we like caring about people. Sometimes it overlaps, <laughs> and, when it, and when it does, magical things happen. Wow. Yeah, I'd like to slut it up with someone who I have like a vested interest in. That'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. So what are the, um, the, I guess, the etiquette behind that? Because my experience with it outside of, like, Bunny's take on it is observing my old roommate um, mm -hmm. in her polyamorous relationship and how the terms that they utilized in order to mm -hmm. um, connect with that. So she had a partner who said he had a primary and then he had his anchor relationships, like the person that he would indulge in, like, having the, I guess, traditional monogamous type of like um, mm -hmm. like sector as far as like marriage and or children and um those and like share bank accounts mm -hmm. but his anger partners weren't going he were not indulged into those type of like i guess on paper consumption sure so how do you interpret from that i'm like what of that value so mm -hmm. my understanding and i'm kind of more on this side of it is like that's when i was younger and i was reading up on it that's what people said was like you had your primary and then you had your secondary and it was like a bunch of Russian nesting dolls. Okay. And like, <laughs> um, and that's cool. That that's a valid thing if that's your thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also hear people saying that that also puts these expectations on it. Like you know, I'm more of like whatever happens naturally. Okay. You know, like you, you know, I think sometimes you hear in the dialogue about polyamory this like. It will, you know, you can't expect everything from one person, and so if you get 
a you know thing A from this person, you can get thing B from this. But you know sometimes you can get A from two people or A and B from two or three people. You know it's like you can't really slice up people like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like more like, you no, know, the best I've heard is I'm willing to have the conversation. Okay. You know. And I've been through some abusive stuff where, like, people controlled that, you know. And I think the thing, and it's not like I'm going to just pull shit. It's more like I'm going to draw that line for myself from now on. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be open about that line. And that's cool if it's, you know, that's something other people can't handle. Sometimes that line is I'm tired of dealing with people, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, and that's that's my take on it. Um I don't. I think there's many rights to this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I guess. Hmm. For me, I had to like come clean with myself, mm-hmm. and you know, admit to myself foremost before anyone that I'm shitty at being monogamous. And that can be, that is evidenced by all of my previous relationships burning to the fucking ground. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've probably held the torch. As shitty as the people were that I was burning, I still kind of lit things on fire, burned bridges. Um, So when it came to embracing ethical non monogamy, um, like I first and foremost, communicated it to all of my potential partners like this is where i'm at this is how i operate if you can't get down with it no hard feelings you know here's the exit sign yeah those who got down with it they i've had successful relationships with them so far i i do hold to the i guess not as rigidly, not the Rus- the Russian nesting doll idea. I do have a primary partner. And mm-hmm. for me, the primary partner is the one person who I would call at 3 a.m. when shit gets real and goes down. Mm-hmm. Everyone else kind of falls into a category of, I like you, I respect you, I have very deep feelings for you, and you like Russell my Jimmy's in a good way. So, cool, you're in this group there's no secondary tertiary on the way down i feel like everyone else aside from my primary is on even footing Mm -hmm. uh, because that's what my experience has been like with even with people i play with i care about them yeah so you know like I, i care about them on a very deep level and and i can say love but it's a different type of love than what i would experience for my main partner yeah um i operate from a place of wanting everyone to be aware of everyone everyone on the same page that requires a lot and i definitely had to learn that about myself i needed to come from a place of radical honesty and open communication otherwise this wasn't going to work for me mm-hmm. or anyone else for that matter like when you're in a polyamorous situation, you're responsible for the emotions of every person you're involved with. Yeah. Like, that's a lot. That's a fuck ton. Yeah. But, like, to do it well, to be fulfilled yourself and to fulfill others, it's so necessary. 
just to communicate. Even, like, I don't like this. Like, basic stuff that people just, you know, yeah. neglect often. That shit needs to be communicated with force, in my opinion. <laughs> awesome. You know, one thing I've come come to terms with uh, oh. now that I've turned over 30 um, <laughs> yeah. is um, I think in the past at times... I held on to this hetero, you know, regardless of being queer, this heteronormative and vanilla idea of sex, you know, mm-hmm. tab A, slot B, right? Right. Um, I've been subscribing more to another one I've heard, which is anything that causes the potential to orgasm. Okay. And, you know, whether you get there or not is another story, but, you know, there are people that have made me orgasm without touch. Mm-hmm. Ooh, touch those orgasms, that is... It's and, very intense. Yeah, I mean, how? How can you not say that's not sex? Like, it's right. not touch, but it's you know, it's definitely a mind fuck of sorts. Oh yeah. man, and the right. connection—it's an amazing connection. Mm-hmm. It requires a certain level of intimacy not achieved by others. Yeah. Like, right? It's very there's lots of closeness involved. Yeah. When this one person does touch me, it's even better. But you know, <laughs> you know, it's an amazing thing, and mm-hmm. you know, I think an extension of that as well as I've also held on to this idea of like sex is something you save for either yeah maybe it's a little broken but like the idea of like um you either share that with who you're with in a relationship or people you're not in a relationship with and one thing I hear from some poly people um is they count their friends as part of that poly bubble mm-hmm. yeah and that's part of why like i don't like the terms monogamy versus poly is because like you know i've heard that definition so what are you saying about the monogamous people who have friends you know mm-hmm. but i will say also in my experience i've had good sex and intimacy from friends as well and you know that's you know i think one thing i've come to terms with as i've gotten older is that I'm thinking less about sex as much as I like it. (laughs) I do like it. Um, But the thing that I'm starting to let myself have, and I think I didn't let myself have it before because of I was told I wasn't allowed to have it, is uh, intimacy. Mm Yeah. That is a big thing. So I was thinking about that earlier when we were talking about, um, when we're bringing up this, I'm thinking about planning this discussion was like, how do you incorporate intimacy into these like, uh, multi, multi-dynamic relationships that is polyamory? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you, like, are there like, do the rules go from here to that when you come to like primary or your, for you, your primary and then your others, or mm. how do you establish intimacy to, or ensure intimacy for these multiple relationships? Yeah. Mm. That's a very good question. Because it's never at the forefront of my thought process, the how. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things that it either organically happens Mm -hmm. or it doesn't. Uh, Like, my level of intimacy with my primary partner, um, it's a very nurturing love. Mm -hmm. And, like, I see their energy as this little ball of white light that I want to protect. Okay. Now, with the other partner that I'm seeing, we relate completely differently, and it's inspired an intimacy of a different kind. Um, We have a lot of similar life experiences, so we've built a closeness upon that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think intimacy is definitely tailored to the person you are being intimate with. Okay. And there's, like, definitely no one-size-fits-all 
uh, for like how do you approach intimacy in a uh, non-monogamous situation like it really depends on that person whom you click with and why you click with them okay and once you click it's beautiful awesome where are we going with this again? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like you expounding on the topic of like, you know, like establishing intimacy into your uh, multiple relationships. Like, do you adhere to her, um, her definition of it or interpretation of it? Um, I don't disagree with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, I, I think it's something, I mentioned it a little bit before, but like, I think when I was younger as a protective measure, I didn't allow myself it mm-hmm. and the challenge I have now is that I'm allowing myself to have it and that's uh, you know I think part of it's that whole like growing up queer and you know you have to play catch up you know and there's also you know having been told for various reasons my body doesn't belong you know mm-hmm. by God knows how many people for whatever and mm-hmm. you know I'm trying to surround myself from people who I mean with people who say the opposite of that okay I mean not everyone's got to be into me whatever like but I appreciate and respect all of you yeah. right exactly mm-hmm. so you're saying for you intimacy is like also part of like aff- affirmation um, yes ritualism okay mm-hmm. absolutely and right. you know like you said it can take on different forms and you can have different kinds with different people mm-hmm. um, it I, I think that's the takeaway is that I'm trying to learn to open myself to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was younger, and maybe Putana can agree, like, my life was definitely more about getting fucked. Okay. Um, I was very distanced from people emotionally, um, just as, like, a preemptive protective measure in the event that rejection would occur. Yes. So it is easier to fucking run than, like, sit, cuddle, talk about feelings. Yeah. Um, as I've gotten older, I, I mean, while I still have very gratifying sex, I have a lot of gratifying sex with those people that I'm making those deep connections with. For me, it's more satisfying than a hookup. Yeah. Like, now, I'm mm-hmm. not above a fucking hookup. Like, if, if shit just clicks one night, yeah. hell yeah, game on. But, like, I keep returning to my partners for, like, the great experiences that I have with them in the bedroom, as well as, like, the little cute conversations that occur in between events, scenes, you know, parts being licked, etc. Mm. Like, and it's that stuff that, like... I love, like, I love a good orgasm. I love providing a good orgasm. But I, I just love the very vulnerable, intimate talks that you have in between. Yeah. It's, I don't know. My, my younger self was all about the id and satisfying that. Definitely very hedonistic. And now I, I need the mental stimulation as much as the physical. Yeah. This, I, I'm not going to go into the details because... Um... <laughs> It's quite a story, and it's a very personal one, but long story short, um, one of the strongest orgasms I ever had was from one of my straight cis male friends, 
and it wasn't it didn't even involve touch. I'm not going to get into the details because it's very personal, but um, I laugh at that because it's like it was such from an odd place mm-hmm. and not you know it's it, it it was it was just this. I went through this thing of like first I was like apologizing because I'm like oh shit because you know my straight friend and I just did that and uh, he's like don't worry shit's hot you know and um you know but I also found in that experience because like my friend just didn't care you know he wasn't like he you know yeah there's things he checked off as far as his labels but you know um he uh it was just this thing where um I started to see some walls get broken because, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of whatever, like, I have some hang-ups about cisgender men. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't do whatever with them, but especially straight ones. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a level of intimacy there. Like, you know, he's still straight. I'm still me. Um, but, you know, we had this really cool moment and we enjoyed it. Whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I can't believe I just shared that much, you know? Well, appreciate you sharing. And, yeah. like, the Kenzie scale tells you that, you know, like, the spectrum changes. Like, as you evolve, your idea of what sex and what's, what your sexuality is yeah. is going to evolve. The same as your what you're identifying your gender, gender is, is going to evolve. Yeah. Like, and then anything. Yeah, what? Like, I know, like, I don't turn his head or whatever, but, like... You don't you know, know that. Well, as a he, friend, I'd say, like, you well, know... I mean, like... You don't know that's like it's always going to be that way. If anything, he shared this intimate moment with you. It's like he still finds. I'm like, there's no way to say as a friend that you can't find your friend lovely or beautiful or like you know. I would say he did that that yeah. much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, don't say there's nothing wrong with like. But it's not like we were like trying to have a relationship yeah. or that like you know it's just we had this really cool moment. Yeah. And um, I'm really thankful for that moment. Yeah, and you're still friends after that, and it's yeah. not changing. The yeah, nothing really weird good. happened. Yeah, nothing. That's, you know, it's a really. That's what I meant by like yeah. intimacy from other places and like being open to it and yeah. allowing my like because I did. My first reaction was to not let, let myself have it, and my friend was like, "No, it's okay," you know. <laughs> yeah, orgasms are beautiful no matter who's having them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the reason why the orgasm contemplations on on, like, on local porn sites. That's like, you know, here's this person having an orgasm. Don't you want to watch that moment? It's like, yes. Yeah. I kind of want to watch that moment right now. Right? <laughs> I'm inspired. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, potentially just touch this orgasm. I'm like, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Next, when we like this slutty story, when we go to the slutty stories, you have to, you know, tell us how you work that out. Um, but we're coming to a close on this um, episode. Um, so, plugs, Charm City Sisters on Instagram and Facebook. That's right. Uh, Buns of Steel Burlesque. By the time this comes out, you'll be in time for our Burlioki, October 13th. Ooh. Um, and then from there, you'll also have our Burlioki in this, on December 15th. And then we're going to ha- look at our Facebook page, BOS underscore Burlesque, for our sing it and strip along for the sound of music we're to be determined on the dates now that the eagle has left baltimore city mm-hmm. um until it's the coop <laughs> <laughs> until next time i am captain motorboat i'm sister ruthis Kunt. and sister putana parmigiana and this is slutty times